Okay, Shalom Bracha. It's a machoket in the halacha, right? When you write a letter at the beginning or at the end to say Ketiva Vechati Matova. And also, I guess a video is like a letter, so say Ketiva Vechati Matova at the beginning of the video. Just um, an insight to prepare us for Rosh Hashanah based on this lesson 24. Right, in this lesson 24, we see the, just uh, the analogy, the, the, the summary of the idea is that Rabbeinu says that by elevating holiness from the klipot, holiness being mitzvot, holiness being the shechina, holiness, holiness being clarity in life, clarity in your connection to Hashem, to elevate all that is through simcha, through specifically doing the mitzvot besimcha. That is a way how a person can elevate from the klipot. And once this holiness, this kedusha, this mitzvah, this malchut, he calls it, goes up from the klipot, it goes up a level to the level of the legs. Chesed and yesod. And when it reaches that point, the mitzvah now that you did, the, the, the kedusha elevated, the shechina, the malchut, begins to arouse everything to, to, to serve Hashem. So that's really powerful information that you know that what you're doing personally, when you do something good, it can have an influence, a repercussion on the whole world. Rav Nossin, in his prayer on this lesson, he lists 40 items that a, a, a person's mitzvah, when elevated, can wake up. And when you can get the world to wake up by you doing something good. When you do something positive, in this case a mitzvah, and you're doing it besimcha, the mitzvah now can go and wake up everything and everybody to serve Hashem. So it starts waking up and going up and up and up. And then it reaches the level of the Yadaim. The Yadaim is now the source of Bracha. The Bracha come Brikata Yadaim. The Brikat Koinim is with the Yadaim. The, the source of blessing is in the hands. And once a person reaches that level, he can choose what type of Shefa blessing to come down. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbeinu advises, the person who is wise will choose Brikata Sechel. Because once you have Sechel, you have everything else. Sechel is chayut, it's everything, it's shefa, everything comes with the Sechel. As opposed to asking just for parnasa and, and Yiddish Anaches and children and this, and physical things and health. Be wise, ask for what's called Birkat HaSechel. That's, that's even bigger, okay? And then a person, once get activating that, he's ready to go up now. He's reached by asking for Birkat HaSechel. He's gone up to Chochmah Bin Adat, that's already up to the level of the head. But at that point... Where things are going, going, going smoothly, so a person will want to continue now to perceive the Orient Sof, because it's the tendency of every human being to look for light in life. Everyone looks for a life, light. That's the attitude of a person, is always to look for something good and something better and everything. But when a person wants to perceive the Orient Sof, he doesn't have the capabilities for that. So the Keter, which is above the Chochmah Bin Adat, the highest of the Sviot, prevents a person, it stops, it bounces the person back from perceiving that. And if a person accepts the bounce properly, he does the bounce properly, which is meaning, which, which is why a person requires to have emuna, even though a person asks for bikata sechel, but it has to be coupled with emuna. Rav Nosen says even in the prayer that I should have such a sechel strong enough to understand why I need emuna. <laughs> Hear that? The sechel should be to perceive that I need emuna and take this emuna and put it in everything I do so that I have emuna in the mitzvot now 
and not just sechel in understanding that, but emunah in the mitzvot, emunah in Hashem, of course, and emunah in the tzaddikim. That's what Rav Nosson says. It's the first time I noticed in a prayer, Rav Nosson says emunah in the mitzvot. Normally there's emunah in the Torah, emunah in Hashem, emunah in the tzaddikim. Rav Nosson adds emunah in the mitzvot also a person needs, okay? And then when a person accepts that bounce, because he's coupled his sechel with emunah, he's able then to create what's called the nine chambers, the tet hechalot, and then they perceive, they help a person perceive this infinite light, even though he hasn't reached it, even though I'm not in the ball game. Rabbeinu teaches us a, a, an amazing thing that a person doesn't necessarily have to be there, and yet he can perceive what's there. You're not there, but I can perceive it. That's a phenomenal idea. And it's specifically that a person accepts the bounce back. This explains very clearly how life is. What do I mean by how life is? You see that when you're learning a Sefer, when you're in the Torah and you're immersed, so you tend to disappear. Well, now I'm learning now, if it's Hasidut, I'm learning Gemara, I'm learning Zohar, I'm learning Kabbalah, I'm learning Halacha, I'm learning Mishnayot, I'm learning whatever I learn Torah, or reading stories of Tzadikim, it's like Lahavdil on the side of the Klippa, like watching a movie, in that you're now just a... You're just a, a viewer. I'm a viewer, okay? When I'm learning now a Gemara, I myself disappear. I put my emotionals on the side and I perceive the Torah. And when I get involved with the Torah, it's like a different me. I said, I'm an amazing person and I have amazing feeling. When you're, for example, learning Gemara for one hour straight, you're in a sugya and then you have to take a break. So you're leaving it. You're, you're in that sugya, but now I have to go to eat. I have to go home. I have to call my wife. I have to run around. You're now... a what, you just tra- you just trans like you you uh, what's the word in English not trans uh, transferred there's a better word you transferred from one you that you were a viewer and you became like a different person here and now you're going to a different reality this explains also how you see people we're one way when we learn and then we're we're, we're another way we're on the street with other people why is that why can't it be that I'm twenty four seven connected. Rav Nossin explained that's how Rabbeinu was. Rabbeinu, when he, when, he, when he portrays Rabbeinu in Chaim Oran, he portrays somebody who's always connected. You know, whether he was eating or talking to people or even dealing with his business, his stores in Mezhibosh, whatever Rabbeinu had. However Rabbeinu was, you felt that the man was connected and he was connecting you by just being near to him. We don't see that with average people. Average people are not like that. We see a big time Chacham, He's one way when he gets on the bus and he's in line and he's buying stuff at the, the, the supermarket. And then he's a different way when he's learning in a base midrash. Why do we have this consistency? This is connected to this idea of mate vela mate. This is how it has to be. It has to be that you have people, even the biggest tzaddikim, the biggest tzaddikim, biggest that they're one way when they're learning and then they're another way when they're on the street and everything. That has to be like that because that's the only way to take the orient self and perceive it. When you're in the Lamate, this is what the big Hiddush of Nosson says. When you're in the not in, you're not, you're not, you're in, Mate means you're in, you're connected, and Lamate is when you're out. When you're in Lamate, Dafka, that's when you begin to perceive. That's what like Rav Nosson said, he received more from Rabbeinu on his regular Sichot in the week, more than his lessons that he gave, the big Torah, the Torah of Rosh Hashanah, the Torah of Shavuot, you know? He says, Rav Nosson, I received more from Rabbeinu's Casual conversations. What's going on? This is the idea that the biggest revelations dafka come from the sichat cholin, from the daily, the physical existence. That's where the 
perceptions come, Dafka. You need both. I need to be in, but the Chiddush will be when I'm out. I, I, in other words, it's thanks to me learning and dvekut and investing in Kiddush and everything, and I'm in and in and in. I need that. But where will I see the result? It'll be in the Lamate. When I'm now walking to the store, when I'm in the street, that's when the perceptions of life really come to a person. Unbelievable, okay? So this is the whole idea of this lesson. With that in mind, we can see all the parshiot of this week and leading up to Rosh Hashanah, Arem is to them in light of this lesson. Let's start from Ba'it Hanan. Okay, we have, the order is again, Ba'it Hanan, Ekev, Re'eh, this week, Shoftim, Shotrim, next week, Kitetze, Kitavo, Nitzavim, Ba'elech, and this year's case, Uman, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is right after Nitzavim, Ba'elech, okay? Ba'it Hanan is the Nechama. What's the consolation? Rav Nosen writes in Hoda Avav, the consolation of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, Rav Nosen says this a few times and a few places, and even Rav Levi Yitzhak Bender in his Sichot will bring this over and over again to Mechazek a person, that in the Churban Beit HaMikdash, even though they burnt, the, except for the Kotal Maravi, fine, but they burnt the whole Beit HaMikdash to the ground, still the Yesodot were not burnt. The Midrash stresses this point. The Yesodot of the Beit HaMikdash were not burnt. What does that mean that the Yesodot were not burnt? That means you have a Yesod to build on and start from scratch. That's what it means. And a deeper level, the Yesod is the idea of the Tzaddik. So Avnosin writes that as much as a person is burnt out, his Beit HaMikdash is burnt. He, he, he burns the Hechal of the, Rav Nosin calls, there's the Hechal of the Chochmah, and the, the, the Beit HaChochmah, and the Hechalei of the Tvuna. He says, he says we, in, this, in this prayer, on this lesson, he said, Hashem, I burnt the house of my wisdom, and I, and I burnt also the, the heichal, the, the chamber of the, of the understanding. There was a person allows foreign ideologies in his head, it's like burning his Beit HaMikdash, he burns down everything. Rav Elio Chaim Rosen, he uh, told Rav Chaim Kramer that when saying Tikkun Chatzot, you should interpret it on yourself. So in that chapter, uh, um, the, 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 the painful chapter in, in Tikkun Rachel, right? She uh, Sarfu, I forgot the exact lashon of the of the on the the goyim they came into the. I wish I had the nusach here. It's in it's, it's the, they, they, the the goyim came and they burned the hechal and the and the, the batim. It's it's in Tikkun Rachel, right? So he says you interpret it on yourself. What's what's the capital? I had my time. So before all these extra capitals. Here we go. Where are you? Shabbat Masaslibainu. I can't find it. <laughs> it's here though. In the bait and the hechalim. Hechalim is more than Here we go. Bao goi benachalatecha. Okay? So, so Rosen would say that the, the, the person allows the in, in foreign information, the foreign chokhmah to enter and make impure hechal kochecha. The, the, the mind, the brain is called hechal kodesh. And I allow the goyim, the influence of the goyim to enter my mind and my, and, uh, my thought, the chokhmah, the bina. This psukim, there's many psukim here that, that correlate to that. But this idea that the, 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 a person could be burnt out, he's burnt his sechel totally, but the yesod is still standing. That even though I am as burnt as much as I am, I have a tzaddik 
to rely upon who gives me chizuk to start again, right? Shabbat Nachamu was one of the three times of the year that Rabbeinu would speak publicly. He would go out to travel. He would come to his followers. The three times we go to Rabbeinu was on Rosh Hashanah, Shavuot, Shabbat Hanukkah, and the three times that the follow, he would go to his followers was Shabbat Shira, Shabbat Nachamu, and another Shabbos in the, in the winter and the summer. But Shabbat Nachamu was one of the fixed times that the Rebbe would speak. And his main message was that, to give chizuk to his followers, right? That's the idea of the Nechama. So when you have the Nechama of a tzaddik, which is mainly through his teachings, and the chizuk and the encouragement and enthusiasm he gives, so you have a, a, a strong yesod foundation to start on. on. So that's Vayat Hanan. The next Shabbat is Ekev. Ekev is what? That's the heel. What does it mean, the heel? Now I can begin to start fixing the mitzvot which are under the foot, on the heel. The heel is the lowest part of the body, the bottom part of the body. Now I begin to work on elevating the mitzvot that have fallen into the klipot to bring them up to the feet. To do that though, I need to be able to do the mitzvot besimcha. To do the mitzvot besimcha, I have to be able to have good vision in order to value the simcha, the mitzvah, that I can be happy about it. So that's re'eh. So ekev is the beginning of the tikkun, the tipul, the process, that now I have to fix the mitzvah on the heel and the bottom. But it, I need, for that, I need re'eh, parashat re'eh, which is to be able to see the light in what I'm doing. To see that even though I'm at the ekev, I'm in the bottom, I'm in the earth, I'm underground, that I can do the mitzvot with simcha, that I, I that have mitzvot to be happy about. That's re'eh, okay? After that, Parashat ki Sorry, sorry, sorry. Shoftim. Shoftim, Rav Nosen says in the Likutei Alachot Hoda'avav, on the Shevet Dan. He goes into the 12 tribes. He has a beautiful discourse. Maybe one day we'll get into it. Where he connects the Shevet Dan to the idea that the mitzvah goes to wake up everybody. Because the idea of Dan means to judge people, to judge. Okay? In this case, when a mitzvah goes to wake up the whole world, to do to back to Hashem, like we said earlier, the mitzvah has to judge people. Wake up, people, you're sleeping. Wake up, leave your money, your gold, your silver, your tavod. Get back to Hashem. That's the idea of a shofet. A shoftim, a shotrim, and dan. Rav Nosen says it's the idea of ju- judging. That the mitzvah goes to judge. How does the mitzvah wake up the world? Because it judges them. It gives them a second to, to have judgment and to view themselves. I'm not 100%. I have to work on myself. That's shoftim. Okay? Once that begins to happen, ki tetze. What's ki tetze? Ki besimcha tetzeu. The mitzvah extracts from the klipot. That's the idea of ki tetze. So a person now leaves the klipot. He leaves the hechalat moro to the exchange chambers. He's now able to come close to Hashem. So what happens normally when this happens to a person, when everything is going smoothly for a person, wow, my davening is better, my simcha is better, my mitzvot is better, Hashem is so good to me, my health, everything is working out great, my Torah study, my perception, everything is moving. So if that's the case, I'm ready now to continue further. Kitavo, I'm now ready to face the Keter, to go up to the Keter, in order to perceive the infinite light now. So that's Parshat Kitavo. What happens after Kitavo? Nitzavim, stop. Nitzavim means to stand. Stop. The Keter prevents a person from going further because they might lose it. There'll be too much light, too much intensity. They might lose it. So Nitzavi means, ah, that's the Keter. That's the power of the Keter to do the Ma'akev, to stop a person from advancing. If I accept the stop, Vayelech. Ah, you accepted the, the, the stop, 
you're able now to continue, even though you're not, it's mate vila mate. You can continue now to pursue the light, even though you're not there, by accepting this, this thought. And what is the gift? The result is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the Keter, right? The Kisush Hanuch says that the minhag of doing Tashlich by a body of water, what's the minhag of doing Tashlich by a lake or a river or a pond? Is because in the time of the kings of Am Yisrael, David HaMelech, Shaul HaMelech, they would crown the king by a body of water. Water indicates crowning. And on, on Rosh Hashanah, we're crowning Hashem as the king. Hashem is the crown, right? Rav Nossin said, the whole world screams HaMelech. At least by the Ashkenazim and the Davening, there's HaMelech before Baruch before Kaddish of Baruch and Shachrit. So the whole world screams HaMelech, but the coronation, the Hachtara, the Keter, is in Uman Yitzim. That idea shows that the whole idea of Rosh Hashanah is we're crowning Hashem as king. He sits on Kiseh Hadin. Hashem is now king on an official, revealed level. He's king always, but it's revealed, the Keter is revealed. With this Keter Rosh Hashanah, we read the parashiot dealing with the birth of Yitzchak. Yitzchak is called Yitzchak. Why? Tzchok Asali Elokim. Even though Yitzchak signifies Gvura and judgment and severity, but it's, it's, it's a severity that comes about through joy. It was the Tzchok generated by the birth of Yitzchak that led to the birth of Yitzchak. It's the joy that Yitzchak was born. The Simcha of now, the beginning of the Jewish people now starts of Yitzchak Avinu. Avram Avinu was the first one to do circumcision. His child was the first child born as a Jew. That was Yitzchak Avinu. The first, the beginning of the Jewish lineage starts with Yitzchak Avinu. Avram Avinu is the forefather who gave birth to the first Jewish child. That's Yitzchak, okay? So Yitzchak is called Yitzchak Hashem Atzchok. It was happiness. Vegilu birada. We rejoice and in Ra'ada trepidation, it's a big thing, it's a big uh, Indian by Rabbeinu in Lesson 17, Part 2, that what's greater? Joy that comes about through fear, right? Or fear that comes about through joy. And Rabbeinu in Lesson 17 says that the key to true fear of heaven is Simcha. When a person works on being the Simcha of holiness, this will lead him to have true fear, right? Because like, like Rab, Rab, Rabbeinu asked Rav Nosen, are you besimcha on Shabbat? And Rav Nosen says, sometimes I have an arousal of frumkite. And Rabbeinu said, that's not the way. The main thing is to be besimcha. And I think the sicha continues, the frumkite, the year Shemaim will come along afterwards. And Rav Nosen began to worry about that. And Rabbeinu says, now you have what to worry about. He read his thoughts. And then Rav Nosen said, but at least I want to be b'simcha. Rav Nosen, you heard what he said? He said, very well, that's the right attitude. That if I can't be b'simcha, at least I want to be b'simcha. And I know that's the way. That's the way. Rabbeinu reveals in this Torah, Lesson 17, Tinyana, and this conversation, that the main way for fear of heaven is, true fear of heaven, is through simcha. It happens when I'm trying to be besimcha, it's not working, then I begin to plots, I begin to worry and everything, and that can lead to a consolation. But Rabbeinu says the higher level and the better level and the way a person should aim should be to be positive, to be happy, and this simcha of the mitzvah will lead to your Shemayim. 
as opposed to Simcha Shel Holelut, Simcha which is vain, that only leads to what's called Kalut Rosh, where a person becomes very lightheaded, and a person becomes Porek All. It's like people at a party, they start drinking, so they start losing it. You lose it. You don't, you don't remember if you said the bracha, if you, if you did things. Unfortunately, we see people like that when they have a party and people are lightheaded, they forget they're very sloppy in the mitzvot. Mariv becomes very schleppy. They do Mariv in the middle of a wedding and the Mariv is not like it should be. It's like a very fast Mariv and people are in the middle moving around, talking, whatever. I'm just saying that uh, Simcha, true Simcha will lead to your Shemaim and not the opposite. That's, that's, that's Simcha of the mitzvah, okay? So here by Rosh Hashanah, we have the Keter, which is the goal, to perceive the Keter, now we can go towards Rosh Hashanah, and it's coupled with Simcha, because we're going to see God eventually here, in the Zohar and the, and the, the, and the Rashi, that the, why is Simcha of a mitzvah so powerful? Because it's above everything else. It comes from the Keter, it comes from the Orient Sof. The reason why Rabbeinu says that Simcha of a mitzvah is always out there to help you and save you and rescue you from every situation, when in the worst situation a person can be going through, a, a laugh, a, a simcha of, of, of holiness can save him. Why is that so? Because this simcha emanates from above the keter. Okay? Emanates from even above the keter. So with this said, let's take a look at the Zohar. There's an amazing Zohar in Parshat Bereshit, page 57a. Okay? So I'm going to read the Zohar with already the, the commentary, the explanation of the Matok Midrash. So he says like this, that now the Zohar is going to mefarash a pasuk vayinachem. There's a pasuk that at the end of Bereshit, that Hashem vayinachem. Hashem was menachem that he created man. What does it mean Hashem was menachem? So Rashi says two explanations. Hashem regretted vayinachem. He had a nichamti, I regret that I created man, and which led to Hashem to bring the flood. Because the, the, the generation of Noach, the generation of the flood, was very immoral, very perverted. They went all the way. They went to extreme. And what they did? That's Rashi's first explanation. Then Rashi says, Vayinachem, he took a consolation. His consolation was, Rashi says, that at least I created man in the Tachtonim, in this world. If I created man by Elionim, it would have been a big balagan. There would have been a major problem with my angels and all celestial bands. He would have caused them to fall off. Thank God that, that at least I created man in the, in the Tachtonim. Okay, so the Zohar goes on the explanation that Hashem took a consolation. So look what the Zohar says. This is scary. This is a scary Zohar. But with Likutemar lesson 24, there's a resolution for this Zohar. Tachaze, kad avid dina alma. Come and see that when a Kadesh Baruch Hu wants to do, it's like not just in the generation of the flood, but any time, if Hashem wants to execute judgment on the wicked people of the world, even though they're sinners, they still continue sinning before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they make Hashem angry, rogez, every day, Hashem doesn't want to destroy them from the world. And even though when he sees their actions, their evil actions, nonetheless, Hashem takes consolation on them, on that they're my craftsmanship, they're, they're, they're the work of my hands, Hashem says. And Hashem has patience with them in this world until they do tshuva. 
ובגין דאינון עובדי ידוין נטיל נחמה ויתנחם עליו וחייס עליו. And because they are the work of Hashem's hands, the work, workmanship of his, of his, craftsmanship of his hands, Hashem takes a consolation and Hashem consoles them. Again, he has, he has a consolation on them and he has pity on them from destroying them. He doesn't want to destroy them. And this is what it says, meaning that Hashem has a consolation, that there's a chance, a possibility that they will eventually do tshuva because Hashem made it man from the earth and because he made them and they're the, the craftsmanship of his hands. What does this mean here? That if now in the end they don't do tshuva and it just reached the point that said Hashem says, I can't wait anymore. I gave you a chance to do tshuva, another chance, another chance, no, 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 no. I gave you 5,000 chances to do tshuva and I can't wait anymore, Hashem says. And now Hashem wants to execute judgment, Kivyachol. Uh, Kivyachol Hashem is sad, atziv, and in pain for, the, for, this, for, his, for mankind. Because since they're the work of his hands, he's sad about it. That's such a waste, such a loss, that he has to now punish them. And so this is what the Pasuk says, that Hashem was sad towards his heart, in his heart, towards his heart, as the Zohar now explains, meaning, uh, musical instruments and joy, you don't bring, they didn't bring before the king, Daryavish, the Pasuk, the Pasuk from Daniel, that they, they didn't bring, the king, Daryavish, was sad because of the, I think because of the dream, so no, when they, when they threw Daniel into the, the den of the lions, so he was sad, so he said, don't bring a musical, because normally the king always had musical instruments. You know, a king has to always be in that positive mood. Even today, you know, when you see presidents, prime ministers, they're always smiling. Everything, everyone has to be smiling. No one can be in a sad face. You know, even if you get bad news and you don't get requests, always prime ministers, you know, Obama and this, they're always smiling. Everyone's smiling, even though they hate the guy. But they're always smiling, right? There's a famous picture also with Roosevelt and Churchill and then Stalin. They're all smiling. They hate each other, but they're all smiling in the picture. Because that's how it is. By king and by melucha and, and, and governments, there has to be a, a happy attitude. It says, though, by Dayavish, when, 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 when Daniel was thrown into the Guva Rayot, into the chamber of the, the den of the lions, that he, he said, no musical instruments or joy should be allowed to enter to the king Dayavish. Like, like, like the way of the kings, that when they're sad, they don't bring in happy like music and, and entertainers to sing before them. So to that when he sat on the tsar of the work of his hands, that they're singing before him, okay? Uh, so too he, he reaches a sadness. So the Zor goes on, I'm just trying to find where it is. The Zor goes on to say, I have to see it inside, that's no problem, I thought it was over here. Here we go. So it's right over here. Okay, so the Zohar continues like this. The Zohar asks a question. How could there be sadness before Hashem? Right? The, the, the verse reads in Tehillim that there is always before Hashem delight and splendor and joy and strength of boldness in His place. And the, uh, the Gemara, the, the sages of the Gemara, Masechet Chagiga, page 5, they say that there's no sadness before Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
So how could the verse say, and Hashem was sad in his heart? How could it be Shayach to say that Kaddish Baruch Hu had sadness in his heart? So Amar Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Ah, take a look carefully. The verse reads, Hashem was sad in his heart. It says, What's, what does that mean? Towards, here it says, in other words, to the Malchut, this is a bit of Kabbalah here, Malchut, which, again, this is deep Kabbalah, which comes from the chest of Zeranpin, we're not going to go into this, that that is the place of the heart, the part of the, the heart is located in the chest. That, the Malchut that comes out from the chest, from the chest area of the heart, Shayach to say, yes, the Malchut is sad. That's why it says, Elibo, not Belibo. The diuk is, it doesn't say in his heart, it says to his heart, as if to say there's a distance here. In other words, that because of the sins of the generation, the malchut is blemished, and the chitzonim, the evil forces, which are called atzvut, they have a stronghold on the malchut. But not, does it influence the sadness to the place of the chest itself, which is Zeranpin, which is only joy there. And all the more so, which is above Zeranpin, there's no sadness, for sure not, because of what the people below do. Now he explains the pasuk here. Libo, what does it mean, his heart? It's a verse from Shmuel Aleph. Like, which, what, that, like the idea that was already in my heart and in my soul, will you do? In other words, I will execute to do that which I already thought of beforehand. Just Okay, they're like the soul, the nefesh is the idea of malchut. Lev is also the heart is connected to malchut. So that's why you can't connect the, the heart means the heart being malchut. So Hashem. So now going back to the verse, and Hashem took consolation. What does it mean? Perush, the meaning is, Hashem now chazar min ara'ak. Mochen kan min ha'ashem, perush chazar po al shasat adam ba'aretz. V'tasani v'po perush kivyachon nitatsev al-shem nishlam ha'kamalato v'dimat Torah k'nashom b'nei adam. But where's the point? I want to get to hear this. It keeps on going, the Zohar. I want to get to the point. Rabbi Yesa amar letav, amar b'chizkiah amar levish. Rabbi Yesa amar letav, kema di'itmar, kuchu b'nechu nachim al di'inun ovdei di'od v'yachai salahu. Like we said earlier, Rabbi Chizkiah, Rabbi Yesa explains, that this is a positive interpretation that Hashem took consolation that I created man only below and not above, and therefore I have pity on them. Okay, Vaitatsev, begin the inun chatan kame. Oh, fine, that's what we said earlier. Rabbi Chizke Amar, Lavish, Dechad Kucha Bichu Ba'e Leovada, Lechaya Be'alma, Natil Nichumin Alayu, Vikabel Nichumin. Here we go. That when Hashem, Rabbi Chizke says, that when Hashem wants to destroy. The, 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 the wicked people who, destroy, who deserve destruction from this world, he takes a consolation upon them for evil. In other words, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to destroy the wicked people of the world, it's, I already received my consolation and I agree to have them destroyed. Wow. And Hashem receives condolences like a mourner as if to say, like someone who received already consolation for a lost item that already lost it. Okay, I lost it already. I already, I already got past it. Okay? And we're going to explain this. Unbelievable. And once Hashem receives a consolation, in other words, the Jewish people, the world, they sin. Hashem gave up on them because they didn't do tshuva. So Hashem now 
takes consolation in Midat Adin. He lets Midat Adin do the job. And when, when Midat Adin does the job, Hashem receives the consolation. So that what? If I come knocking on the door, but I want to do tshuva, Hashem says, too late. Too late. I already, received, I already drank on you the cup of consolation. I already drank kostan chumin, the expression. I, I, I took consolation on your destruction by Midat Adin now doing the punishment, and that will fill in the gap for the damage that you've done. I have consolation from that. So look what the Zohar says. That now that Hashem has already received the consolation for the for destroying the work the work, workmanship of his hands, the people, definitely the judgment will definitely be executed. And then at that point, it nothing helps. Even tshuva cannot help. Unbelievable. Okay, because he says now according to the Kabbalah, bina, which is the root of tshuva. Gave them a time, a time, uh, a, an extension of time and a time limit to do tshuva, and they didn't do tshuva. So at that point, the bina, which is the source of the of the tshuva, itself gets filled with din. And the Zohar says elsewhere. That's why it says vayit atsev elibo and not vaye atsev. Vayit atsev means and it it's itself became sad. Vayatze means to make someone else sad. So he's saying, Bina at this point, when the Jewish people don't do tshuva, this is the, the proof of Rabbi Chizkiah, so the Bina itself gets filled with sadness of the, the din because of, because of Malchut. It's not that Bina is sad, but it's, it's, it's executing dinim towards Malchut, and that's the atzvut, that's the sadness here. The sadness is that's going to cause judgments on the Malchut, which has been blemished because of the actions of the people below. So tshuva at this point does not help. So until when, until when was the thing dependent on tshuva? Up to the point where Hashem did not yet receive a consolation, a, a condolence for it. Unbelievable. But when Hashem received a consolation already that they didn't do tshuva, so Hashem is consoled by the, the judgment being executed. So therefore, at this point, tshuva won't help at all. The thing is not dependent at all on tshuva, and this, the punishment will be fulfilled. This is what the Zohar calls judgment upon judgment. This is called, this is what it's called tokva didina, where tshuva doesn't help anymore for a person. And then there's a judgment upon the judgment. That's called the judgment from Bina, where Hashem gave him a chance, gave him the chance, but then there's Adkan. You didn't do tshuva, so I can't just continue letting it exist like this. There's a, there's a gvul, there's a limit. You you reach the limit, I can't wait anymore. So Hashem now causes a judgment upon a judgment. It's called severe judgment, where it comes from Bina, and it goes out to destroy the people in the world, God forbid. Right? As we say, Kadosh Baruch Hu, Meabina Din Al Din Gvura, Venoten Tokif LaMalchut Sheim Akom Adin Asod Dinu Meabedet Yashem In Olam. Okay, and all this is hinted to in the pasuk and this, this parsha at the end of Bereshit. Dichtiv Ainachem Hashem. Hashem took consolation. He kibel Tanchumin. Hashem received already his consolation. In other words, to destroy the Jews, the, the world at the, the time. Ulevatar Vaitatzev Elibo. Then it says Vaitatzev Elibo after those words. Explains it differently. shaping. He allows the judgment to be activated. Okay, this is the zor. According to the zor, you can reach a point where a person reaches the limit, and Hashem says, "I can't, I can't wait anymore." The bina, which is a source of tshuva, says you have up to this limit, no more. Okay, comes Rabbeinu, 
and gives advice even someone in this predicament, since Bina is the is the what's it called in you know in stock markets the the gug the roof there's a term in English there's a good term when you reach the platform the maximum on the platform since bina is seemingly the maximum of the platform to do tshuva okay so I need something which bypasses that that's above that so here in this lesson Rabbeinu teaches us that simcha emanates from way above bina simcha comes from keter Rosh Hashanah is both the keter and also it's the tzchok. It's the, it's the root of the joy which created Yitzchak. Yitzchak is rooted in Gvura, in Bina, if you want to say it, fine. So the root of Yitzchak is the joy coming from the Keter. When all the doors are closed on a person, they, they, they say, that's it, destruction is imminent. Destruction it is, 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 is uh, ine- inevitable. It's, it's, you're going to face that way, you're finished. So what can I do to save me? It's having joy, making some joyous action that's what can save a person in the last minute. It's like someone who says, okay, you have your, you're about to be death sentence. What's your last wish? His last wish is he wants someone to tell him a joke. <laughs> okay? And he brings someone to tell him a joke and he starts cracking up and everything. And it makes everybody laugh. That even the judge and everyone, they start cracking up. They say, you know what? Let's give this guy another chance. He's such a happy guy. Let's give him another chance. Just that's the scenario. That's what Simcha can do. That when the gates are closed, Rabbeinu teaches us the simcha of doing a mitzvah comes from the keter. You can't go wrong. Tshuva can't help. The person is so low. So what's the attitude when that happens? Sadness, depression, suffering, misery, and down, and being stuck in the earth, and everything is bad. So what's the way out? What's the way out? It's the simcha. Okay, with all this together, because I still haven't figured this out, we're going to try to figure out this Midrash that Rashi brings in the Chumash. Rashi brings on this Pasuk, an amazing Midrash. We know this Midrash. And Rashi says himself, and Rashi, this is never Rashi's way to say what he does personally. Maybe twice or three times as Rashi point out, like we see here and like what I did. Once is here. The second place is when he's describing the Sinar of the Kohen Gadol. He says, like the French... Uh, duchesses wear when riding a horse. Rashi points out, Rashi Hachimataynaim was a tzaddik. But in order to express how the sinar of the ephod was for the Kohen Gadol, Rashi points out, just like the French noble, no, nobility women wear when riding their horses, that type of uniform they wear, that's how the back of the Kohen Gadol's ephod was connected to the belt of the ephod. Rashi points that out, okay? Another place is here. What does Rashi say here? This is what I, Rashi is talking here. I wrote in response of the Minin. They're always attacking Judaism. They always had challenges with the rabbis, whether through letters or through an actual dispute in front of a king, whatever, in order to do, do, do bad. In 99.9% of the cases, the Chachamim always won because they were good Chachamim. They knew the Torah in and out. You know, Rashi was an example. The Ramban was another example. Rambam. They were able to show that they knew their stuff and they're able to put, put to shame those who came to oppose the Torah and try to bring it down. So Rashi says here, this is what I wrote in response to a heretical, a heretical question that was asked by the heretics. And this is the Midrash. Goyechad sha'alet Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha. A Goy asked Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha. Amarlo, the Goy, I, I said to him, do you not agree and admit that Hashem knows what's going to be? So Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha answered, Yes, 
We do believe in that. Hashem can see the future. He knows what's going to be. Amarlo, when the heretic said, asked Rabbi Shomin Ben Kocha, Veha Ktiv but the verse reads, and Hashem was sad for creating mad man. He was sad. It's the verse says itself. Right? So Hashem was sad. There was sadness there. Why are you sad if you know if you know what's gonna be? If you Hashem know that there's gonna be a flood, a generation of the flood, why are you sad? Amarlo, so Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha asked the, the, the mean, the heretic, Noladecha ben Zachar, Miamecha, did you ever have a, 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 a boy born to you? Amarlo, yes, I, have a, I had a son born. Amarlo, Umasitan, what did you do when he was born? Amarlo, Samachti Visimachti etakol. He said, I made a, 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 a feast. I was happy and I made everybody else happy. Amarlo, Rabbi said to the heretic, Velo hayita yodea lamut. But didn't you know that in the end, your son that you gave birth to is going to die eventually? So if, you, if he's, you know he's going to die, and for sure he's going to die, right? Because that's the way of the world. So why are you happy? Amarlo, so what did he answer the heretic? Bishat chedvata chedvata. At times of, of rejoicing, we rejoice. Bishat evla evla. At times of mourning, we mourn. So Amarlo, Rabbi Shua answered, Rabbi Kocha answered the heretic, this is the way of Hashem also blessed be Even though it's revealed to Hashem that in the end they're going to sin, they're going to be lost and sin and to be destroyed, wiped out. Hashem did not refrain from creating them because of those few tzaddikim who will stand and be emanating like Noah for example who survived the flood and his descendants and all the tzaddikim that were spread out in every generation that's from Bereshit Rabbah okay so now when you think about this Midrash it's very it's not such a strong answer what does it mean at times of rejoicing we rejoice and at times of sadness we're sad what does it help you know like uh, <laughs> you're sad you know it's going to be there's something wrong here but but there's times where you're seeing times of sight. Like the answer you see doesn't fit in 100%. What does it mean? The times of rejoicing, I'm rejoicing. Times of sadness, I'm sadness. There's still sadness. Hashem foresaw this. There is sadness here. At the end of the day, there is sadness. And, and Hashem foresaw that there's going to be a, a, a generation like that. Why create them? Why create something that's going to make you sad? You and the end are sad. What, what does it help? So the answer Rashi says, Tzadikim are going to be fine. I, I wanted to say like this. I need help in shaping, in, in polishing this Hebrew. That the truth is, there, there can be only Simcha Bezat Hashem. When will there be Avelut? When will there be a time of Avelut? Only if a person doesn't do the right thing, there will be the Avelut. Because in Judaism, we do believe in Tchat we do believe that in the end, everyone will rectify. That's the whole thing. Rav Nosson says, the biggest simcha is that we take consolation also, that in the end, in the end, everything will be fixed. At the final end, when Mashiach comes, the world will be rectified as Hashem wanted it to be rectified in the end. So why am I sad now when I lose a, uh, uh, when I lose a parent or something difficult and there's a setback in life and a failure? These failures are short-term in relationship to the final end where everything's going to be good. And Rav says, when a Jew focuses always on the Tachlit, 
you can always be happy. You will always be happy because in the end, it's not evla evla. At the end, it will be sameach. In other words, what Rabbi bin Karchas said is good for the goyim maybe, but for the yidin, there's in the end there's no evla, in the end there's no avelut, in the end it's only simcha. So what is this option that okay at times of chedva there's happiness, times of avelut? What what is this option? This option is only if I don't do the right thing. If I do the right thing, and I maintain simcha, there will always be shat chedvata. If now I do the wrong thing, then it's shat evla evla. It's not mechuyav. It's not mechuach that I'm going to have both. I'm going to have to have uh, simcha and avelut. You know, we we know that there's avelut. There has been avelut. But a person, we say, if this chetem etim tomorrow, no more avelut. Let's <laughs> say people come back to life. There's no more death. Death, death is bila mavad la netzach. There's no more avelut. So when is the shat evla? It's a time of mourning only if a person allows sadness to sink in so he causes the avilut to exist. But if now a person takes on a positive attitude, it's always sha'at chedvata chedvata. There's always a happy time and a happy scenario. In other words, this, this choice depends on the person. If now a person works on being happy, so Hashem says, Hashem is happy. Okay? And if now a person does the wrong thing, so then there is Vaitatsev Elibo, there's Dinim. And Rabbeinu says in the lesson that when a person falls to Atzvut, it's the exact same conditioning as. I'm finished. No, no, it's, it's not. Here we go. It, it, the, 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 it's the same conditioning as when Bina gives up on the person. You hear that? Rabbeinu says Atzvut is so damaging. That it's like a person now has run out of time to do tshuva. Like what the Zohar, what the Zohar said, that you, you have a time limit for your tshuva. Rabbeinu says, Atzvot is so damaging, it's equivalent to Bina giving up on a person. And then he says it activates Tokpa Dedina. He says, Rabbeinu, Atzvot activates not regular dinim, but harsh judgments. So when that happens, a person has no choice but to work on being besimcha. And like we said at the beginning, I, if I try to be besimcha, I want to be besimcha, and it's not working. So Rav says, this is why a person needs to have a yesod chazak, like we have in the Parshat Nachamu, that when a person is attached to a tzaddik, what does it mean to be attached to a tzaddik? He doesn't do his Judaism based on how he feels and what he knows to be right, but he follows the guidelines of true tzaddikim, he nullifies himself to the truth, which is not so easy, because the way of a person is to first decide and, and to make a decision, and then to do. I decide, I decide, I want to make my decisions in life. That's the way of man. And to tell a person, you have to mevata yourself to a tzaddik, but I understand differently, but this is the truth though. No, no, but I understand differently. Why, why get up at chatzot at midnight? I want to do chatzot at four or five in the morning, or I want to do, I want to do chatzot at six in the afternoon. You know, I want to do chatzot my way. Why his way, you know? <laughs> That's why Rabbeinu says, you follow Shulchan Aruch, we don't budge. Rabbeinu gives us advices, and we try to follow, the tzaddikim give us advice, it's up to us to follow them. That's attachment to the tzaddik. When you follow the advice of the tzaddikim, what that does is that now you have a platform uh, uh, to, 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 to rely upon, a foundation, so that even if a person goes to what he's going through and he has attacks of atzvut, the, the, the light and the merit of the tzaddikim, because I attach myself to them, because I follow their advice, shines upon me that even in my worst scenarios, I have an opening to find a way to be happy, Bezat Hashem. Even if I don't see it, it eventually does come, Bezat Hashem. So we should be Hashem to be by the tzaddiki for Rosh Hashanah, to receive the keter 
and the simcha of the Ein Sof from the Tzadikim. Like Rav Nosson says, the Hachtaraz in Uman. Rav Nosson said that everyone screams HaMelech, but the main crowning is if you're by the Tzadikim, the true Tzadikim for Rosh Hashanah, that gives you the Hachtara, the Keter, the light of the Keter, and the Simcha connected to it, which leads you to the Orient Sof. We should be to have that in our pockets all year round, all our lifetime, so we can always store ourselves on being Bisimcha in order to start again the Zetashim. Thank you.